All right, Animal Surprise fans, we are back, baby. We are back. Pandemic episode 2020. You thought we were gone, but we are here. We got a good crowd. Animal facts, jokes, stories. We got a lot to talk about. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. One of our friends has got a tat. He's going to open it up. What do you got on your arm? Tell us about it. Tell us who you are. Uh, I'm Simon. Simon. Hey. I've got a tattoo of a leopard on my right bicep. Uh, it's part of a Why large a piece of work that was done by a guy in Singapore who's very uh, talented. How many um, hours does it take? It takes, it, this particular piece took 80 hours of needling to complete over mm-hmm. a period of about a year. Um, longest session was eight hours and the shortest was four. Um, it's, it's a long process, but it's a beautiful piece of work. But I have a leopard because it's my favorite animal. I think uh, the reasons are... Leopards are kind of like my underdog of the big cats. You know, everyone talks about tigers and lions, but leopards are, I think, the least appreciated. They're used a lot for fashion because they have beautiful coats, but they're probably one of the most adaptable uh, of the big cats. Have you seen black leopards before? Uh, there's no such thing as a black leopard. Oh, really? No, snow there's leopard. a panther. There's snow leopards. Oh, panther, panther's different. Panther's different, Shit. yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Do you really want that to record? No, no, it's okay. <laughs> this, is, this is real life. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just like I like leopards. I think they're they're one they're found on more continents than any other cat. They're adaptable. Um, they're solitary animals. They don't they don't have a pride like lions do, but they also hunt using their environment. Yeah, I mean, I'm an only child, uh, you know, and I kind of I grew up as an only child, so I and I've always loved cats more so than dogs, even though I grew up on a, a acreage with farms and dogs and cats and horses and all sorts of in, things. In tell us where. In Australia. Where? In, it's two hours north of Sydney in an area called Central Coast, which nice. is actually a beach area. Nice. Beautiful beaches. How's your surfing, by the way? I don't surf. Really? No, I don't. How are the great whites? Um, there's not as many up in the that east coast of Australia. While but the, we have an Australian, there's actually some incredible animals, you know, in Australia because it's an island and mm-hmm. because of the history of the island itself. And, for example, dogs are very different and there's all this... Can you speak to any of that? Just at least one other story? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I'm not sure if that's all the, the technicalities of it or like when the timing happened, but I think Australia broke up a long time earlier than a lot of the other continents that broke through, broke yeah. up in that early stages. So it has been isolated from the rest of the world for a significantly longer period of time. Yeah. So the animals there grew completely differently and it's i think it has the highest number of deadly animal species like in the world yes i've heard it's that. got the most number of poisonous snakes and spiders kind of like um it's, gonna be a joke, it's yeah i mean like the the animals are, are are intimidating but they're not as intimidating as the locals you know? that's amazing amanda you're that i don't know you can talk that but you're up no give it to her I was going to ask if you've ever snakes. Well, well, before we get to snakes, I was going to say, have you ever seen a leopard? I was recently in Africa and basically uh, I saw an incredible number of animals there. And we were told repeatedly, you will not see a leopard because if you do, you're some kind of like animal guru because they are hidden and stealthy and introverts. And... We don't see the tracks. We don't find them. No one gets to see them. So if you see one, you're yeah, it, it's some kind of miracle. Yeah, and I, I haven't actually I seen one. I never saw a leopard, yeah. which made me sad. But I did get to see some cheetahs, which is also apparently pretty rare. But oh, nice. I was going to ask if you've ever seen a leopard. I haven't actually seen one in in the wild. I've been mm-hmm. on like a leopard th- thing, and the same thing happened. We didn't actually see one, um, but I've only seen them in the in the zoos. Yeah. 
Interesting. Mm. Oh, that's almost more interesting. You haven't seen one. Amanda, move on to snakes. What Harry Potter house are you? I can't say I'm a full snake expert, although. I, it is interesting in the US one thing we don't have that people have so in the US we do have venomous snakes in more places than people think so like rattlesnakes rattlesnakes for example there are rattlesnakes in the Northeast you don't know that bad really yeah there are which is terrifying mm. the one thing we don't have in the US is a lot of tree snakes so for example in Australia and New Zealand you don't just look down for snakes you look up for snakes no way in the no. US we don't have pit vipers we don't have tree vipers we don't have those like bright green green limey huge fang snakes you see most of our snakes are venomous snakes in the u.s either unless you're in florida or they're like extremely tropical climates where they're like venomous and they come out of like bodies of water and they just they don't look like they look harmless but then they're venomous there other ones in the northeast and other places they kind of warn you like rattlesnakes but To me, the biggest kind of, as someone who loves snakes, somewhat, but no, there is a northeastern rattlesnake in the United States. I've never, I mean, I've never seen one. But to me, what's interesting, (laughs) but to me, what's interesting in the U.S. is like, I've always wondered what it's like to live in a place where like, you could, like a snake, like something could bite you out of a tree. That's not a thing in the U.S. Think about that. Think about that. There aren't a lot of things that come out of trees that bite you in the U.S. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. And I've always wondered what it's like to live in a place where that happens. Or, I mean, this is not on the snake topic, but, or on the, like, parasite topic where, like, walking around barefoot in lots of places, including Australia, could, like, more parasites and more of these things, like, (laughs) could result in death. Like, let's just be real. And it's not getting... Uh, into the Harry Potter houses but like I think this is a problem with the Harry Potter houses test is like yes to me my fascination with these things that can like kill you or get inside you or be venomous to you doesn't mean I want to do that to people which when you take the tests it's like do you want if you had magic what would you do like talk to animals or kill people (laughs) it's like I'm not gonna (laughs) talk to animals and then it's like you're Hufflepuff Sounds like a sex use But before you pass it on, can you explain why you like snakes? Because I don't think you ever did. I think it's 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 an underdog story. Because people literally like, underdogs. They, they think that they could just kill them. Um, and everyone's like, yeah. Like, well, I mean, you know, not to get like, political like and racial about thing? it, but I think it's no. I think there there is a thing of like, like of like you know stories and tales and like. Say how tells us that certain colors of things or like characters of things or colorings of things or like some of these some animals don't have legs and arms and it means they're evil. Mm-hmm. Does it mean they're evil? Question mark. They're like just really bitey though. But they're not really bitey. Like I had a snake and and she was had no teeth <laughs> and was like had big beady eyes. She's not gonna bite you. Most almost like most snakes are not venomous. Amanda, your Instagram game would go up. <laughs> how about how about you state your Instagram but like, on this? I'm just saying, like, so no. It's like you know, up some dogs So okay, snake. So in the context, in the con, in the context of snakes, I was recently talking to a friend about uh, snake venom, and this is an individual who. Say again? It's still fat. Venom is still fascinating. 
I'm arguing that not all snakes bite, bite people, but venom is acid. No, no, so obviously there are poisonous snakes, yes. and we do have anti-venom out there. And one of my friends was recent. You know, one of my friends was recently telling me that for just t- Andrew, sorry, we're recording here. Uh, and one of my friends was just telling me about sna- snake venom, and apparently. My friend made the claim that for just 20 million bucks, he was pretty confident that he could easily develop some sort of anti-venom for something. But because the FDA trials are so expensive and the process is nine or 10 figures or whatever it is, and there's a bunch of trials and, you know, the, the cost to bring that drug to market is so high that it's not going to come to market. And this is only interesting in the context of 2020 and the world that we're living through right now and whether we should have fast-tracked realities for COVID, et cetera. Anyway, um, the way that we per- currently get some antivenom, apparently we have some horse farms and we inject kind of them into horses and harvest some sort of, you know, antivenom that way. But it's like, you know, anyway, it's interesting. So, but we're going to move on to, you know, octopus, octopi, squids, something like this. Can we, what? Something. Oh, dogs. But you were talking, no, tell us, whatever, you're off. Up. Emily's up here. What do you got? Octopus 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 Oh man. Hello. I don't think I'm good. Okay. So. Just as an introduction here, um, there is a Netflix episode about how human octopuses are. Um, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna hand it over. I'm gonna hand it over in just a second. Um, but they're, they're the, they, <laughs> no, I want Andrew you. Squid, there's something going on on Netflix. Tell us about it. Come on. You got it. She's there. She's there. There's a situation. This makes me nervous. You got it. I don't know what, okay. Defend the octopus. This is all on you. There isn't, there's an, a Netflix documentary. I think it was just released a few weeks ago, but has quickly gained popularity. It's called My Octopus Teacher, and it's the story. I think it's already blown up. Yeah, I mean, just from from my what's what's in my orbit from social media and from people talking about it. Like I said, I'm the first person to tell you about it, but I won't be the last. Like you'll hear about it because I think it's just something very interesting. Um, so there's a man, I think he was like a videographer or he worked in film or, or something. And he was also a free diver. So he would dive, um, in the ocean, a short walk from his property in South Africa. And he used his video scale skills to film the sea creatures in this little like kelp area. Um, this like kelp forest it looks like an underground forest and he slowly gained the trust of this octopus and because of that trust was able to get it was a slow process yeah like slow so do octopi grow up alone are they individual yeah. that is is was it partially potentially like the fact that it was this like rare friendship or like kindred spirit that's a good question i don't know how common human octopus friendships are (laughs) i think that that would be fun to explore and discover more about um i will say that they so octopus um they're the type of creatures who they have they have like a giant they they produce a lot of eggs and then only one or two of those eggs survive and their lifespan and the and the mother of those children dies shortly after and like like sacrifices her body for her young 
and um only one or two of the the egg lot survives and they only live for a year so these are extremely intelligent creatures right out of the gate they come into the world with a lot of instincts and yeah they're able to survive and the in the creature in the film was being hunted by the they call them pajama sharks because they have uh these like horizontal stripes and they look like pajamas and um so like these pajama this like gang of pajama sharks was like circling her nest at all times and she was still able to go out and hunt and she would hunt crabs and like mollusks and and like swallow them whole they would like disappear into her body and she would somehow like that was like her sustenance yeah and um yeah and this man observed her was able to get really close to her and watch her become like a chameleon to her surroundings and she would like hang out on his hand and go to the surface with him and she even got attacked by one of sorry spoiler she got attacked by one of the pajama sharks at one point and then he like just watched her grow her limb back and so what do they can i ask uh what do they do for fun oh that's a good question they didn't get into that too much i mean i guess they decorate yeah so that's we learned that tonight that they decorate their dent <laughs> they live in fly in my face they live in dens um like how like foxes have dens uh octopus also have dens and i guess they do like a little like shell crown molding around their den yeah yeah so thank you ryan for that introduction um i guess is a, a a little uh introduction here i i have a little bit different take on nature and i i guess it's how i was risen and i'll, I'll give a little backstory here to, to provide context on all of the stories that i will provide here in the future so i grew up in homer alaska which is a small five thousand person fishing village in alaska right i was born in anchorage alaska the kilcher family was actually so 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 Yes, Ots Kilcher was my music teacher when I was in second grade. Yep. And they are currently leasing uh, 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 rooms from my, yeah, exactly, from my parents' hotel. And I like, yeah, Alaska is a small world and we all rely on each other. Um, but I guess, I guess. Not, okay, well, not like Philly. It's very different from Philly. Um, where I was going with this? Where I was going with this? Country. Yeah, exactly, exactly like Germany. A symbiotic relationship with nature. Like, like you, you are very much more in touch with nature. I would, I would like to think. Um, and um, one of the features of Homer, Alaska, was my my grandfather uh, built cabins in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. It's called Aurora. And you are even more removed from this 5,000 person village and you're very much in touch with nature. Um, so when we went there, you know, you, you would be living off of the land, literally. You'd be uh, um, fishing, you'd be clamming, you'd be picking goose tongue, uh, which is a plant that grows on the beach. Um, and and you, would, you would be hunting moose. Um, you would like everything, everything that you ate, like- Moose. moose. Yes. So you have no many, You have no idea how many moose I killed. <laughs> no, I'm just, well, by me saying we ate moose. Yeah, yeah I'm just kidding. Um, 
So, anyways, I like, um, I grew up with an appreciation of like, like. So, I, I, I think the the unique perspective that I can provide, I guess, is is like what's been spoken thus far is a lot of love for the land. And while I share a lot of love for the land, like anything in, in nature, there's like a give and take. And I think that my story has been more take than other stories shared, but I also feel like that's nature. That's part of like being interesting, very different, uh, you know, path than we've gone with animal surprise in the past, but thank you. Keep going. Do you feel like, did you grow up with, uh, when I went to Anchorage and Seward and Denali, I was uh, surprised by, I'd never been around so many indigenous peoples, I feel like, in a reg- on a daily basis, which is interesting. My mom grew up on a reservation, and it was like, but I myself had never just grown up around so many indigenous people, but anyhow. And I was going to say, growing up with that, like, do you feel like... Was that in any way ingrained into like education, or do you think, in terms of, or in terms of taking from the land, was like there a discussion more of that? I feel like growing up mainland, there's very little discussion. I mean, I intentionally had certain courses where you talk about that. That's a great question that relates to a lot of different aspects of human life and animal life. And, yeah, I guess and I know this, this podcast is about animal life, but since you went there, I will, I will talk about the interrelationship. Uh, if you don't mind, Ryan, please, please thank you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so, 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 uh, first of all, as you mentioned, Alaska is, is, um, there's a lot of people that are native to Alaskan or to, to Alaska that, that, that have experienced a major change of life like if you think about their like like it was originally settled by russia and then purchased by america right and and like they've they been through a massive shift of russia, like, there was some people before russia was established yes yeah, okay so i guess i guess my point is um there have been a, a lot of villages in alaska that existed way before russia took it over before yes. america took it over and they have a way of life and, and that way of life is very much different from the rest of the world, let alone America, in a, in a lot of different ways. And that, that exists in the animal kingdom from them killing whales to, um, you know, other, other natural animals. And I'm not here to say whether that's right or wrong. I'm, I'm just here to point out that they're like, there's a different policy there. Um, and I think the other there's a financial aspect of it um again there's like different like government incentives and different programs to to support those those programs again i'm not here to say whether that's right or wrong um but the third lens of it is the humanitarian thing that i think is often overlooked um which um someone close to me uh wrote wrote their thesis in college on the the abuse of females in these villages and and it's it's often over like there's a lot of like rape and crime and uh, like everything that's that's often overlooked in these in these villages that are very remote from from other um jurisdictions or or you know oversight um i heard about the, the sheriff apparently the sheriff population you know people kind of elect people from their own villages to run and sometimes the police officers don't 
necessarily respond the way they should to some of these cases. Apparently, it's very interesting. But sorry, keep going. No, it actually is, and I mean, there, there, there's, um, there's, there's natural friction there from like physically getting to that village, right? Um, and and then there's also like cultural differences, um, and and so it, it is a challenging thing, but I think it, it's definitely something that deserves acknowledgement and that needs to be addressed. Um, and so, so sorry, I know you, you started this on the like animal kingdom and I, I, I guess I, I, my, my, my Alaskan perspective is, is that like, I, I love animal, I love dogs. I love all these things, but it like just anything in the natural kingdom, it's, it's a give and take and there are sacrifices and there are like, there are good and bad sides of it. And, and so I'm sorry if I painted a little negative paint here, but. But more interestingly, we finally have a German to round us out, and and or an Italian, and you got to come up with some comment to give us something about an animal in your life or a joke or something. You got to give us something. Hopefully, a little more uplifting. I think you should go first. Okay, I will give a quick comment, which is that. Um, Okay. Okay. I will. I will. I will. I will tee you up. Listen. I, I will tee you up. Long story short. So I have a bunch of different favorite animals. Um, we've touched on some of them today. I. I think that, for example, just to sum it up, I think cats are very misunderstood by those that don't get them or have them or have experience with them. I think snakes are equally so. I think a lot of people eat squid, including myself. But I feel very conflicted about that because of how intelligent they are. Octopus, what is it? What is there a big? I actually don't understand. I've googled it before, but I don't. Do you know the difference? Yeah. Do you understand the difference? I think they're more different than humans. So please, both of you, opine. Well, I mean, like what we what we eat is calamari. It's not octopus. It's squid. Well, sometimes we eat octopus. But we also eat octopus as well. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different piece. You can tell you because it looks like actual like tentacles, and it's you know you can eat. I see in Australia like they serve um like baby octopus, which are literally tiny little like palm sized baby octopuses that are cooked and and you eat them whole. Yeah. So there's all sorts of cuisines out there. Yeah. So, anyway, um, okay. So here, so I, I, I have something for, for Charlotte. So we've been studying and thinking about truffles recently. So, so truffles are super interesting. And Charlotte just had a nice fancy meal with some truffles. And there is actually a really interesting way that we discover them often, both with dogs and pigs. Can you tell us a little bit about how that process works and how you find truffles, which are very fragrant and attract animals and then ultimately get spread because of that? Talk to us. I think by now Ryan probably knows more about truffles than I do. Your your parents are truffle hunters. Tell us more. My parents go to Italy to eat truffles, but they aren't truffle hunters. Of course. Sounds like they are. I, okay. <laughs> how are how are where are truffles located? How do you find them? Tell us. And then do, do animals help? Truffles are located in Alba in Italy, which is in the north of Italy, and then they're located by pigs. Pigs. Yeah, pigs. Yeah. I think there are also truffle dogs, but usually it's truffle pigs. Would uh, you rather eat truffles or bacon? Truffles. Oh. Um, I think only an American could ask that question. 
<laughs> but um, so yeah, you go to between September and, and November. You go to the north of Italy, and then you have truffle pigs who go and find truffles, and they are underneath the ground, and then they just like dig them up, and then you have them for dinner with pasta, which is very delicious. Yes. 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 And as Ryan told me, they are. A, um, what did you tell me? They are because I asked if truffles exist in the U.S. Yes, they. They so, do. So, so truffles are super interesting because they they're very they're very um, hard to grow, which is why some people there's certain I don't know the phrase off the top of my head, but they call them like the gold of the ground, or like the, that's certainly not what they call them. But the point is, is they're very valued for. Uh, their fragrant realities and that that dissipates very quickly upon being unearthed and kind of harvested from the ground and so a lot of truffle products are super interesting but basically if you have animals that can find them like a dog you have to or pull pig. or a pig you have to pull you have to pull them away very quickly such that they don't destroy the truffle yes please emily <laughs> Are truffles only found in the wild, or can you create like a tr a trust truffle garden in your yard? It's very hard to grow. Do people so do we it? Try. We can try back here. <laughs> you know. Um, Wait, can can people hear across the table? Or yeah. should I reiterate what you just said? No, no. I mean, it's fine. It, it's this is a uh, a podcast. It's this is not the the <laughs> finest quality, but this will be fun. Uh, you guys will get excited. I'm going to put, or at least I'm going to get excited when I post this to all my fans on podcasts available everywhere. Animal surprise! This you guys have. Everyone went with it. This actually turned out to be a fantastic episode. Believe can, me. Can you remind Burke Nation about how many listeners you have? Uh, I'll tell you. There's there uh, my there's stats and metrics. This has been my podcast. Where essentially, as, as people know, you kind of start drinking and talk about animals. There's been thousands and thousands of listeners randomly on this podcast. So, um, Wait, what about your effect? I, I was, uh, yeah. What, what is your top, pod, what are your top three podcasts you listen to? Well, my mother, who is an incredible woman. She has a podcast? No, no, no. I brought her on. Um, she saw, she saw an episode, she watched a YouTube video of a. Is your mom Delilah? I don't like that's like the radio show, Delilah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I, I will let the, I will let this episode fly. We had a great chat. We hit we hit uh, cats, big cats, snakes, squids, and octopuses, and octopi, and whatever that may be. We hit Alaska and all that reality. We hit truffles and the pigs and dogs. This was a very very solid epi. So thanks to everybody. Signing off. Animal surprise. Let's go. You guys, that was great. I, I